2: Good Saturday morning to you. It is cold out there, but it is October, and it is baseball season still. It's always baseball season on Saturday mornings at 9 a.m., isn't it, Bruce
3: Levine? It's always warm in this place. Don't you feel the the warmth, the, the vibe from uh, all the great baseball talk we do all year, and especially on Saturday morning when we get together and talk about off-season baseball now morphing into hot stove baseball and. Nothing's better for uh, than that for uh, the twenty nine teams that don't win the World Series that year. <laughs>
2: yeah, well, and and in this town we've got really interesting off seasons, really important off seasons for both ball clubs on both sides of town. Got managerial interviews of plenty this week. The White Sox hire a hitting coach and. We're uh, just gonna just gonna get close to uh, free agency and and real hot stove stuff, but it should be great offseason while we also, of course, watch the playoffs.
3: Matt and I will allow you to help. And uh, hire the next Chicago Cub manager today at 312-644-6767. <laughs> Text Matt at six seventy eleven. I thought you hired 40. me.
2: You hired me I in the did pregame hire you. When- I,
3: I wanted the first Jewish manager to uh, be on the bench. And
2: <laughs> I think you just wanted the source because you have my cell number already. I, you know what? I don't think you'd talk to me. Well, I, don't I, know. I
3: think you'd freeze me out. Depends, honestly, I, I,
2: depends how much Kreplach comes I, my I, way.
3: I think you know. I think your baseball ego might get the best of you at that point. It
2: usually does. By the way,
3: inside the clubhouse, brought to you by Max and Benny's, a top deli restaurant and bakery in Chicagoland, they invite you to what they call Soup Season at their Northbrook location. While most call it fall, Max and Benny. Max and Benny's invites you to Soup Fest, matzo ball, chicken noodle, crepe soup sweet and sour cabbage, and a different veggie soup seven days a week. Max and Benny's checklist, the best deli, no doubt, the best full restaurant without question, the best full bakery, you bet. Max and Benny's is putting the final touches on its uniquely special new meeting and special event space they can accommodate 50 to 200 people, parties, celebrations, meetings, all, et cetera. Max and Benny's is your catering king. Ask for John at com. Complete dinner seven days a week, four to nine. It includes skirt steak, chicken, and the freshest fish in Chicago, 30 minutes from downtown, 30 minutes from the Wisconsin border. Max and Benny's in Northbrook, where the corned beef sandwiches are piled as high as a Chicago skyscraper. Almost the same as... The candidates involved in the Chicago Cub mix for a new manager:
2: uh, David Ross, four hours; Joe Girardi, eight hours. What does it mean, Bruce Levine?
3: It means that uh, they spent thousands of hours with David Ross before because he's an employee. So, what are they going to talk about? You know, uh, I think he's been groomed for this job for the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, were they looking past Joe Madden uh, before this? No, were they looking at Ross as a top baseball person and a manager of the future from the time that he retired? I think so.
2: From Yeah, absolutely. And and Joe Madden has known that's in his future. I remember Joe on the station this year when did, Ross just happened to be in town was asked about it, said, I really do believe managing is in his future. I have no problem with this particular archetype of what the modern baseball manager is. A partner with the front office... Who is a recently retired player who they believe can communicate and read the room and be directly involved in the communication with everybody in the room and maybe a different way than some older managers, than some other managers well, have. There are many different examples of this particular archetype that has worked very well recently in baseball. And I have no problem with this it model. It does,
3: as long as you have a talented farm system money at your behest, and the, also the ability to uh, control uh, the amount of money that you pay the manager. Those are all very important parts of being able to do it. And unfortunately, I think the money issue is a major issue when it comes to these particular type of new middle managers, as you call them. The, I, I or, didn't the or, say middle
2: managers, but... Well, but.
3: they are middle managers. I mean, I mean, you're not... We're not seeing the same type of power that managers had in the past. That's why I use the term mm-hmm. "middle manager." If you disagree, I mean, I understand it, but I think, I think it is, I think it's a step down and a step forward in the opinion of the new wave owners and new wave presidents and general managers of teams. That you know what we can have better control, communication, and uh, our metrics departments can function better in this type of relationship because we don't have the old world guy pushback. Right.
2: But, but yes, that's true. I think. And the way that it's described often these days is you have to be good at managing up and managing down when you're in that job, because you're communicating with the front office and then you've got to communicate with the players and everything like that. But in the end, when rubber meets the road, you're the guy who has to be in there talking to your players. It can't be the front office. They can't circumvent it. Like I think they tried to in some ways over the course of this past year with Joe and in the past offseason. But it, you've got to be the guy who gets in there and reads the room and says to them, look, I know you want to hit this guy lead off. It's going to freak him out. You can't do that. You're the guy who's got to be the one who, who reads the room and knows how to do that stuff.
3: Ultimately, like Dave Roberts, you're left there standing naked to the world. Uh, when things don't work out and he is wearing it in Los Angeles for not using Kenley Jansen, his closer earlier uh, for some of the moves that he made, even though these were all moves that weren't necessarily ever from the gut, but they were part of the metrics build up that they use there in Los Angeles. Nonetheless, uh, Dave Roberts is, is looking like a guy that is taking the fall for this particular type of management.
2: Well, using Clayton Kershaw as a super starter, like uh, Martinez was using Strasburg and Scherzer and stuff, Kershaw's not the guy he was three years ago. So uh, uh, you know, in that eighth inning, when he goes back and brings Kershaw back out there to get Rendon and Soto instead of going to some other guys, you think that was... I mean, he had talked about going to Kershaw, so that was preordained, and and that was front office. As he's well, he's got as a metrics Dave.
3: guy in the bench. All he had to do is turn and ask if it's okay or not. Mm. Do they say it's all right? Is it okay? Can I can I bring the best pitcher of this generation back for more than one hitter after he sat down for a half inning as our offense went out there? I mean, these are this is some of the minutia that we've taken it to as far as trying to identify the right manager for the 2020s and beyond. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's going to be interesting to see how it works out. I mean it, it didn't work out for uh, Brad Osmus with the Angels this year. He's being pushed aside after one year. It certainly uh didn't look good with the Dodgers this year, although they gave uh they gave Roberts a four-year extension after last year when they didn't win the whole thing and he had gone Back to back to National League uh, to to World Series and winning the National League pennant, but um, I I think some of the requests and some of the way that they look at what they want in a manager now is pretty unreasonable. What's what's unreasonable? The unreasonable part is you want somebody that's your direct partner as far as using everything that's available to you. Mm -hmm. You want a great communicator, somebody that can handle the twenty-five guys in the room, and eventually. You want a fall guy like yeah. managers always have been when things don't work out.
2: Well, that's the thing; they're always going to be that. They're but now it's that.
3: even more unreasonable. Reasonable because you you don't differentiate the guy. Well, it's Dick Williams, it's Billy Martin, you know, it's Lou Pinella, it's you know, my way or the highway guy. It didn't work out. Now those those excuses about hey the guy was overbearing, wasn't on the uh, right page with us. That's not going to be an excuse any longer. Now it's going to be an organization firing of, hey, um, you know what? We're going to blame this guy, but it's our fault. That it didn't work out, and that's a different dynamic altogether. Hmm.
2: Well, you know, it, it's interesting. I, I don't. I don't think Will Venables going to get this job. I don't think Mark Loretta is going to get this job. I personally don't think Joe Girardi is going to get this. I think it's David Ross's gig if he wants to do it. Do yeah, you, is I, that where you are? I think are? it
3: has been since September of uh, two thousand and eighteen. Mm-hmm. Ever since uh, they sat down with Joe after the season, and Theo and Jed said, "Hey." You know, we want, we want some things to be different here. We want you to be a little bit more hands-on with your coaches. We want you to coach a little more yourself. So from, from that point on, it was pretty much, you know what, we're not really on, on the same page with you as far as your way being the right way for us any longer.
2: 312-644-6767 is the phone number if you want to hop in. We will talk Cubs managers with you. We will talk White Sox hitting coach with you. Jim Hendry joining us at the top of the next hour. Jim Hendry, a lot of people know as the former Cubs general manager, but these days, and actually for a while, he has been.
3: The uh, Yankee top, one of the top two assistants for uh, Brian Cashman, the president and general manager of the Yankees. He, along with Tim Neering are the top two guys there. So, Jim will join us to give us his perspective about the Yankees and uh, maybe talk a little bit about, you know, some of the guys that they left behind with uh, Contreras and Baez. And, you know, the the one thing that I always found really nice was that uh, Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer have always given Jim Hendry and his people credit for uh, leaving those two uh, all-star players behind to uh, have, uh, have them further developed in the organization. So there's always been a, a, a niceness between the – you know, the former GM and the present president and general manager of the team. And
2: then we will talk to John Rooney at 1030 as the Cardinals lose to the, the Nationals last they night. They got a hit. They did get a hit. If I had told you that a National starter was going to go seven and two-thirds of no-hit innings in these
3: playoffs. Wouldn't he, be him.
2: That would have been your fourth well, would choice. would been. But he's done this before.
3: Yeah. Well, he he's thrown a no hitter before. Yeah, and and he's and he's been really he's good been, in the playoffs and he's before. Been deep, I think he threw six uh, six innings no hit ball prior to this in twenty um, thirteen. Yeah,
2: yeah. So and, and Sanchez has been man. They're they're a very good team. I, I I've been thinking about almost Bruce.
3: a former Cub, uh, Sanchez. Yeah, yeah. He turned down their eighty million dollar offer before signing with Detroit for. Basically the same money when the Cubs were not quite relevant yet before the 2013 season.
2: Anibal Sanchez traded along with Hanley Ramirez by Theo Epstein in 2005 from the Red Sox Mm -hmm. to the Marlins. For Josh Beckett, Mike Lowell, that was a pretty good deal. Great trade all the way around. I <laughs> worked for everybody.
3: Yeah, that's what trades are supposed to be all about.
2: But but I've, I've been thinking about when the Nationals were here in August, Bruce, and sitting here with you doing inside the clubhouse, and you telling me on a Saturday morning, yeah, I think they might get swept. And then they got swept. The Cubs got swept because the Nationals are damn good. Oh, yeah, this is are. no fluke. This is no, no weird fluke that they're no, here. No, and they
3: started, uh, they started with uh, being 12 games after 50 games. They were 12 games under 500. Mm-hmm. And Davey Martinez was fired. What are they going to do next? And uh, since that point, since the 51 game mark, they've been the best team in baseball.
2: Got a bunch of guys who could hit leadoff on a bunch of teams.
3: Yeah, I mean, that is, you know, if you look at an old school team, uh that that's an old school type team. 3 I'm, and 4 are deadly,
2: one lefty, one righty. 1 and 2 are there to set up 3 and 4.
3: Right. And you have speed at the top of the order, you have power in the middle of the order, and you have pretty good defense all the way around. Mm-hmm. So that that is your old school team that is pushing its way toward its first ever national league pennant
2: it is a well diversified lineup it's the kind of thing offensively that joe madden has been dreaming of that the front office has agreed now that they failed to compile
3: uh we continue to encourage your phone calls on cubs manager situation on the white Sox going toward the future with a new hitting coach on the playoffs uh, are you watching them will any of these playoffs matt Uh, equal numbers of uh, the lowest ranked NFL game of a week.
2: (laughs) I probably not. Right. Probably. I I don't, I don't concern myself with it. I'm looking forward to either Astros or Yankees, hopefully versus nationals. Well, if you feel good about that,
3: if you're a baseball guy and you're watching Yankees versus Houston, yeah, uh, it's, it's kind of, you know, from spring training on, you expected this, right? Uh-huh. I mean, you pretty much did. You didn't, I mean, you, you thought there was an outside chance that um, Cleveland was going to be back to being Cleveland again.
2: Right. If it wasn't the Yankees, maybe it was going to be the Red Sox, but they faded fast. Right.
3: Uh, you know, in, in the West, uh, you know, you were you, you knew Houston was a super team uh, that they were probably going to dominate. So, you know, basically, was Boston going to be able to repeat as world champions. You know, once we saw about the first six weeks of the season, we saw the holes in the pitching for Boston and that they, they never, you know, replaced Kimbrell in the bullpen. And that was pretty haunting for them all year long.
2: 312-644-6767 is the phone number. Phone Calls coming. Um, We will generate the White Sox conversation as well when we come back. Let's take a break and roll on with you on Inside the Clubhouse right here on 670 The Score.
1: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.
4: Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
2: Welcome back in on Inside the Clubhouse on Six Seventy to Score. Bruce Levine, Frank Manikino is your new White Sox hitting coach. He's had a lot of success with a bunch of different young guys on their way through the system. At AAA where he's been, including recently with Luis Robert and Nick Madrigal. He was part of the big league uh, bunch for the final month of the season. And the numbers were good um, for some of the guys, uh, actually a bunch of the guys, in in September. But even people that you didn't think much of, like Ryan Goins or Charlie Tilson or Adam Engel, he's had some limited success with some of those guys and just... I I like Frank Manichino. I like the way that he talks about hitting. I like the way that the guys say he is open to conversation and debate and he doesn't just have one way of doing things. Yeah. He's got big league experience. I think this is a pretty uh I think he's a pretty good hire for the White Sox. Yeah,
3: I mean Todd Steverson, you have to give him credit for uh watching the improvement of the players that one won a batting title, one won an RBI title. Two out of the top three hitters in the American League were Anderson and Mancada. The continued improvement of Mancada, the different approach Mancada had from 2018 to 2019. These are things that uh, Steverson uh, should get some credit for, and uh, the fact that uh, the um, ascension of you know of uh, of Jimenez kept going through the season as well. So. Um, You know, Menachino is a good choice from their system. Only been there one year as a hitting coach. Had uh, three years before that with uh, the Marlins. Uh, I I think what they're looking for is a better all-around understanding of what a hitter wants to do other than just getting a base hit in an at-bat. And I think that part of the philosophy is going to be uh, Menachino's a way of having these guys think along with them. You know, in other words, you don't, you can't teach a guy to walk, okay? But you can help a guy understand how he's being pitched to, what they're trying to do to him, and where to find the best pitch within the framework of that particular at-bat.
2: That's well said. And if you do that with a guy and he learns to really look for the stuff that he can handle and fits right. into his approach, then he will take the other stuff and walks can come as a byproduct.
3: Right, and I think if you watch the evolution of Jimenez in particular throughout the season, uh, you know, the rough patches where he had injuries, missed a month, missed a couple of weeks, missed three days uh, because of injuries, but in between you saw him having better at bats and occasionally walking. The number one leader in the White Sox is Sanchez with 46 walks. I mean, so again, not to walk, but to have better at bats, well thought out at bats, and eventually – that will lead to probably more walks down the road.
2: In a conference call, uh, Frank Manichino said this, uh, and it kind of paraphrases what you were just saying, Bruce. We don't go in the cage and say, okay, guys, here's how we're going to walk today. Walking is a byproduct of having a rock-solid approach, not giving into the pitcher, covering one side of the plate at a time, and not missing your pitch. So when a guy feels like he can't throw the ball down the middle or middle away or middle in, he has to be careful, work the edges. Now we have a guy that's susceptible to mistakes.
3: Right. And, and and that was an interesting part of what Frank said. It's uh, part of the conversation on the phone uh, the other day when he talked to a few of us, and uh, I, I think it's it's a interesting approach because I don't think it's too much different than what Steverson was teaching, but the message might be more clear, you know, coming from Menachino. And on his way out, Steverson was very thankful and a professional all the way and said sometimes they just need another voice and i th- i thought that was that was enlightening from him and it was true that in all phases of life we we see that uh, the same voice doesn't always resonate try raising children sometimes
2: um, I'm, I'm, I'm trying. <laughs>
3: You're things. trying their patience.
2: Multiple voices. Uh, any You know, anybody is, is welcome to chime in. Bottom of the hour is brought to you by the Chicago Wolves fan. Four packs are a fantastic way to enjoy Chicago Wolves hockey. Four tickets, four hot dogs, four sodas, one large popcorn, and one low price. To get yours, visit chicagowolves.com. We are winners. We are the Wolves. Take a phone call or several. 312-644-6767. We Matt is in River North and here for Inside the Clubhouse. Matt?
1: Hey, good morning, fellas. And hey, Bruce, I had a question for you. Uh, can Matt answer he, as well? Yeah, he can answer as okay. well. In my opinion, the reason the Cubs, one thing, I take solace in what the Nationals are doing because they were terrible last year. They lose Bryce Harper and now look at them, right? So, and then I We were just talking
3: Cubs, about it off the air, yep.
1: I look, I, I look at the Cubs and... You know they lost because their bullpen let them down. Um, yeah, you, know, you know Bryant wasn't healthy, Baez was out the last month of the season, and Contreras was out. And I think they got some decisions to make about their starting pitching. I think you know um, I, I would not bring Quintana back. I would not bring him back. I'd rather have Cole Hamels for one year than Quintana. And then I got to go out and look at who I bring in as a manager. Who's going to be the most the guy to bring in who, who's going to be attractive to free agents, who guys are going to want to play for. Cause I remember talking to Adam Warren and he had played for Girardi and he played for Madden and he said he enjoyed playing for Madden more.
3: So interesting. I don't know what that means. Yeah. It's interesting, you know, uh, and thanks Matt for your call. Um, if you let the players hire the manager, you got a big problem uh, because the, you know, you go to the 24th guy in the team who didn't get into enough games and he's going to say, you know what, the, he didn't communicate very well with uh, the players. So, when, And that's an extreme I'm taking it to. But what I'm saying is, you know, how many hitting coaches and different personnel get fired because you're not resonating with a certain player or two these days? And that's really not it. The The really great organizations find – people who work with them in their organization have the same mindset, have the same communication skills and stick with them, regardless of whether player X says, you know, I didn't like the way Chili Davis talked to me. You know, I didn't like his, yeah, he, he did talk about all the things that we should do and, but he couldn't sell it to me. You know, I I just, (laughs) maybe we need somebody else. And that is, That's certainly the era that we're living in right now. But I think the front
2: office for the Northside Club has realized that, you know, kowtowing, if not coddling, uh, to the players doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get their best.
3: No, and I I give them credit for trying to listen to the group because they were a world champion, you know there's still 10 guys left from that world championship team and you want to respect them, but you respected them to the point where they've just may have taken advantage of the situation to the point where they got their manager let go. And you don't want that to happen again. As an example, we were talking with Zach Withers, our producer an hour or so ago about the fact that, um, when they asked Jason Hayward this year to play center field, when mm-hmm. they asked him to lead off, he said, "Sure, I'll be I'll be glad to do it, but give me time to get it right. Give me time to be okay there. Don't move me in and out of those jobs unless, you know, I have some time to get comfortable in those situations."
2: Now, we talked a lot about that when it happened, and that's Hayward Trying to take control of something that messed with him mentally the first time around, and I I don't have a problem with him saying it that way. I understand where he's coming from, but your thought is once he says pass, it,
3: yeah pass,
2: then you as you're a hitting, boss you're say, hitting seventh. All right, forget it.
3: You're hitting seventh and you're playing right field. We'll we'll figure out something else with Cassianos who doesn't really fit in. We have to play Schwarber and left. We got it. We have to figure something else out, but
2: because once Hayward says that, then he's in charge of your. He's lineup. in charge.
3: Yeah, and you've already, and not only he's in charge, but he goes, you know, over locker Z Y X A and B, and they go, Yeah, are you leading off? He said, Yeah, you know, I'm going to have time to fail if I have to, Um, but they're going to give me. These people are great. They're they're giving me time to do that. You know that's. That's not for the major leagues, okay. now it is proper communication with people, but you still have a choice whether to accept his terms or not mm-hmm. and his terms for me were thank you for offering it. you're a great professional, you're a great teammate, but we're gonna we're gonna do something else here because this doesn't work when you're telling us you're asking us. We're asking you to do something, and then you're putting in your own parameters.
2: Because in five games, if you decide as a manager or a manager slash front office that you want to make a change, and that guy has told right. you to be patient, then you're right. going another five games just because you're worried but about him.
3: The interesting thing is mm. for Hayward and modern players, this is a very reasonable team-like thing to do. Mm. He uh, he would not see the error of this type of situation from the other side. He well, wouldn't he wouldn't be able to discern it. He's saying, "You know what? You you brought me here. I'm a good player. I'm a I'm a gold glove right fielder. You're asking me to move to center. You brought me here as a middle of the order hitter. You're asking me to lead off. Give me time. It's all very reasonable stuff, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. He's being a good teammate and saying, "Yeah, but just don't mess with my career. Don't mess with me. You know, don't mess with my psyche." If you're not going to allow me to have time to fit into this role, don't do it. There's a few
2: things that this front office has really made mistakes about. There's a couple things, and one of them is the way that they have thought about, approached, and dealt with the leadoff spot since Dexter Fowler left. They're dead wrong, and and they've admitted it now because they've watched that every person they've tried to put in there, whether it's Hayward or Schwarber or Almora, other than Zobrist on the occasions they've put him in there, everybody that they've put in there has failed. And 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 it's gotten to them mentally, and it is a different spot. It is a different job, just like closer
3: is a different job. To their side of it, how many prototypical leadoff guys are out there these days? Not because a lot. because they are not signing and developing mm-hmm. these speed uh, necessarily on base percentage guys any longer. Because it's it's more about you know hitting the ball out of the park. Stolen bases are down to. You know, somebody might have stolen. I think thirty-five bases. We're back to the nineteen forties right. or fifties and stolen bases.
2: Uh, but uh, so ideally, you'd like that kind of guy. Sure, you all want Ricky Henderson or Tim Raines right. or even Lance Johnson or you know whoever. But it, with the with the modern mix of players, at the very least, you want a contact guy, a a contact or, guy, or a guy who doesn't. And mentally, the profile is somebody who does not get rattled and change from situation to situation.
3: Or, like Dexter Fowler at his best, actually starts to control the dynamic of the game by that first at bat. Uh, Seeing eight or nine pitches. uh, Having that swagger walking down there, running, jogging down there waving to his guys after that walk Mm -hmm. or even striking out after nine or 10 pitches and uh, allowing everybody to see what that pitcher has already through a first at bat and the swagger that a guy like Fowler or Springer or some of these other guys that lead off and Uh have, I mean that is controlling the dynamic of the offensive mindset uh, putting the defense on the defensive, putting the pitcher on the defensive—it's all encompassed in uh, that leadoff man and what he can do to create uh, that type of, uh, you know, uh, dynamic going forward from that very first at bat. On,
2: yeah, I, I think they've realized that they're that they're wrong about that. And uh, yeah,
3: I, I think you know, two years in a row, I asked Epstein about it, and he's and and in particular last year, he said it's something we'd like to do, but it's not at the top of our list. Mm -hmm. It's not one or two. And, and I understood it because they did have a group of guys that they projected as on base percentage guys. And they felt that that's an interchangeable thing. You could eventually just lead any number of those guys off. And and in 2018, I think they were second or third in on base percentage from, from the lead the, lead off spot. So that was a misleading aspect for them because they had they had the content there. They they had the uh, information saying, you know what, we were pretty good there. So let's not worry about who's leading. Off.
2: But there's a functionality of a lineup when you know who that person is, and he's just up there and he's doing it. And you look at the Nationals with Trey Turner and Adam Eaton setting up Rendon and Soto. You right. look at you look at the Cardinals with Fowler and Wong setting up Goldschmidt and Ozuna. Right.
3: And not only that, but as we saw during that uh, series that you talked about with Washington and the Cubs. They can bunt to get on. Uh, they create tension when they're on base. Uh, they they can hit and run. Mm-hmm. Uh, things that were you know part of the old school way of producing offensive runs that Washington still has uh, with those two guys at the top. They have big boppers too that can drive runs in. Uh, they have uh, OPS guys. So um, that's that's the best team in the National League since uh, you know sometime in late May, and they continue to be that. Now, I'm not counting St. Louis out because uh, everybody has counted St. Louis out all year long, and that's been a mistake. So I still expect a very good series here with the Washington bullpen and the St. Louis bullpen being deciding factors, maybe in a negative way about how this thing turns out.
2: This segment on the score is brought to you by Top Step Trader. Uh, by the way, the caller um, who said uh, to get rid of Quintana, I dis- I disagree. You-, you pick up that option. The option's what, $13.5 Bruce, I think that's I a no-brainer. $11.5 yeah. Yeah, I mean, Is yeah, that what it is? Something like that. It- it- it's a no-brainer yeah, for somebody I mean, of that you know,
3: if you- As long as you're not counting, him, uh, counting on him being one, two, or three, mm-hmm. he- he's a good complimentary guy that eats up innings and get your decisions but there is a major concern about his last seven starts this year because i think in six out of those seven or eight starts he didn't get past the fourth inning and it was ugly so there there are there are some decisions to make there but nonetheless i'm i'm with you
2: 312-644-6767 will take your calls till the top of the hour jim hendry and john rooney next hour on inside the clubhouse on 670 the sports it's Inside the Clubhouse on 670
3: to score. Let's go to the phones. And a lot take... of people want to talk to Matt Spiegel today. I, I haven't met
2: any, but no, Bruce there, Levine. There, no,
3: there's, there's no question about it because I think, you know, Saturday mornings, I, I think what Matt and I try to produce for you, the Chicago baseball fan, is a thought process that you might find a little bit interesting and provocative, but more, more importantly, when you disagree we have this outlet for you it's called 312-644-6767 or the text line 67011 and there's thousands of people that disagree with my opinion all the time which which i find really interesting and fun and really the essence of what talk show radio is all about
2: it's the opportunity to interact and tell us while we're uh, why we're idiots chip is in villa park who's an idiot which one of us chip on oh, neither
4: of you but hey matt let me ask you a question and bruce feel free to chime in no this okay? is for helps.
3: no i'm sitting this one out <laughs> i was just wondering
4: based on this new age thinking of with these uh, managers coming up in these openings and looking for some of these guys that are going to work a lot more closely with the front office than they had before could this be the type of thing that may have a detrimental effect on the game in the sense that right now we see home runs are going up, strikeouts are going up, fan uh, viewership is down, attendance, things of that nature. Um, is it possible that if we're getting guys that are just going to kowtow to the uh, whims of the front office more or less and cater to these younger ball players, that we're going to see continued I mean, a continuation of this type of thing and not perhaps an excitement that was brought back to the game when we did have more stealing, sacrifice, bunting, mm-hmm. uh, trying to hit and run, things of that nature. A little a little more of the old school nature of baseball.
2: It's a fair question, Chip. What you have is a groupthink. When you have a groupthink, which is really going on in baseball anyway, where most people agree on certain things like this is the smartest way to do it because the math checks out, and if everybody starts to feel that way and they hire managers who go along with them, then yeah. And Joe Madden spoke out against that as the season wound down in St. Louis,
3: didn't he? Yeah, well, pretty much. Uh, you know, again, you go back to are the players that you have good enough you know when you bring in an Alex Cora to a Red Sox loaded farm system uh, for you know producing players loaded free agencies producing players loaded trades Mm -hmm. uh that were brought in you know bringing in guys like uh price and bringing in guys like uh sale to complete a championship run uh does the manager actually matter that much? Gets back to what you and Danny were talking about on uh, on Thursday, and Danny's show, you know, and the fact that how much does the ma- manager matter? And you know, the conversation is: the managers really win games, or are they more a product of not messing up games, not losing games, which is really. Uh, the priority of uh, the maintenance of a manager
2: in terms of the trends in the game. I understand Chip's point. Like you know, a lot of teams play the same way. A lot of teams don't have a unique personality. Um, I do believe, though, that the overall the arc of the game is going to go back towards wanting more contact and wanting wanting more um, ability to put the ball in play.
3: Only one slow. Only one way that can happen is if you you uh, scout sign and develop players that do that through your minor league system. And you don't ask them to start to change when they get to the major league level.
2: That's absolutely true. Because I think that's the hardest thing to teach. Uh, you, can, it's, you can't teach contact.
3: If Ian, can do it, Ian can do Hap. It. I mean, that's your prime example of a player like that. You know, hey, we, we were drafting you, you. You hit home runs. You're a run producer. Um, you get to this level. You strike out too much. You're not uh, producing as many runs. We want you to do some different things. Yeah. And then back back to the basics, which he doesn't necessarily have.
2: Unless you're the Astros. They figured out a way to teach contact. Yeah. Bre- well, Bregman's a lot better than he was when he got here. Springer's a lot better than he was when he got here as contact guys. No, I mean. They're, they're, they're
3: unbelievable. No, their system is very good. Uh, but it, it was a product of, uh, I think, 500 lost seasons as well.
2: Yeah, it, it probably did help a little bit. Yep. This is Carl in Morton Grove on 670 The Score. Hello, Carl. Hey, good morning, Bruce. Good morning. Uh, I got a couple questions for you, Bruce. Um, as far
0: as free agency for the Chicago White Sox, as far as pitchers, who do you think they may go after? And also, do you think they're going to go after J.D. Martinez for right field? And is there any veteran? DH is out there who they would sign, or would they actually move a Braille to DH uh, one day and let this young man, Andrew Vaughn, play? And
3: uh...
2: thank you, Carl. i sorry. I've wow. got several questions. Just because for you, Bruce. he
3: mentioned my name and not yours. No, it's
2: just four questions. I we want to get more callers don't in. Don't be a hater. Pick, pick some of the questions. Which of the four would you like to I, answer? I'd like
3: you to actually respond to
2: I but... have no thoughts. You have he no doesn't, thoughts? He doesn't want mine. It's okay. This is now a game. Keichel. I think callers Keichel,
3: pick somebody. is the name that comes up. Okay. He's your Mark Burley light. Uh, you know, I think that's the type of guy that can help lead the staff, uh, might not cost you. You know, four or five years, which you don't want to pay at this point. Probably learned a lesson from free agency this time around, having to sign a late one-year deal. Um, I think that would be the type of leadership you'd want from a staff, uh, and and a different type of arm. You know, you know, more of a, a contact type pitcher.
2: And is JD Martinez going to opt out in Boston? He and can even become, if you he know, does, with the White with the White I, Sox I be interested? I don't think so.
3: I mean, he's not a defensive player. He's going to be playing thirty-three into age thirty-four. Uh how many years do you want to really wrap up that? I mean how much how many twenty five million dollars do you wanna go year to year with that? I think it's yeah, I don't I don't think that's the answer for him.
2: Last one real quick. Ben is in Queens, New York on Inside the Clubhouse. What you got, Ben?
0: Guys, I love you. I've been listening to you for years. Cut me off whenever you need to. I, I know you you know
3: Matt gets angry a lot, you know. He gets <laughs> mad he at me. Not get angry.
0: No, he yeah, won't he get angry. does he
3: does really. I know you're
0: talking to Jim Henry. I want to piggyback on some of your comments, Bruce. I know you said that, that Theo et al. uh have really been respectful of what Jim Hendry left them. And you're talking about uh, you know, the hole that the leadoff hitter well they traded DJ LeMayhew in twenty twelve for Ian Frickin' Stewart. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why they couldn't see in him I mean a nice big uh body switch hitter, hit for power. He can play a little second base, play a little first base. Anyway, they got rid of him. Javi Baez, it took them until May of 2019 to actually say that he's our starting shortstop. Mm-hmm. Okay, Even at the beginning of the year, it was still like, well, we're going to keep Addison Russell just to see, you know, in case, because everyone's talking regression, regression with Javi Baez. I got I got the, uh, the projections here with steamers and zips. One of them had a 1.8 war. He ended up being a 4.4 right. war, and the only defensive player... Out of all the starters who had a positive number, he was a 15 defensive. So the fool's goal that was Addison Russell, they fell in love with him when they had hobby bias. So that's other bad self-scouting. Another thing, who? what did David Ross do this year? What was the only thing he did for the Cubs? He scouted Craig Kimbrell, a massive failure. Okay, so as far as self-scouting, I just, man, I know Theo is great. I know Jed is great. I know the organization is great. I'm a Cubs fan. I'm going to be there until the end, but I see these other players that they've gotten rid of, and I really, I really got to ask you, how how much did they respect Jim Henry because they let they let
1: they you know right? Uh, That's a
3: great point, and and uh, I you bring up obvious things that are are true. Uh, Some of them in retrospect, of course. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think that they uh, honored the system that they saw when they came in quite as much as they look at it now in retrospect and uh, they admit um, to their credit that they made a, a huge mistake on the on this on the steward uh, situation
2: and LeMahieu was a throw-in it was Tyler Colvin trade is, is, is what right. it was I mean,
3: Colvin was coming off of a 20 home run season a year prior to that so uh, you're right it, it was it was a throw-in deal and LeMahieu is exactly what Jim Hendry and scouting director Tim Wilkin thought he was be, would be and more. And Jim will be coming up in uh, two yep. or three minutes, and we'll let him explain exactly what they saw.
2: The only thing I disagreed with the caller about, really, is that LeMahieu was projected to have power. He wasn't really at no. the time. No, And, and, and that's, you know why, that's why they weren't you know high him. He
3: didn't really have a lot of power in Colorado, if you right. look at his numbers either. He was just a... A gap hitter and a guy that won a batting title there and was a very good second he's baseman. He's a
2: very, very good player, but he's got rabbit ball power this year. Uh, top of the hour, coming up in moments. Jim Hendry next on Inside the Clubhouse on the Score. We really
1: need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. <laughs>